I'm Yasi Salik, and I'm the host of Bandsplain, a show where we explain cult bands and iconic artists by going deep into their histories and discographies. We're back with a brand new season at our brand new home, the Ringer Podcast Network, tackling a whole new batch of artists, from grunge gods to power pop pioneers to new metal legends, and many, many more. Listen to new episodes every Thursday, only on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea and discover a berry delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the, the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA, I make calls, I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it, you can work out in it, you can go outside, you can go shopping down in your local wherever, and you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. gentlemen, welcome back to the Death Taxes and Bananas podcast. Now, throughout time, all right, I'm an ideas guy. I like I like having ideas. Come up with the, I've come up with a few good ideas on my own in the past. We won't get into that. But throughout time, there have been some pretty terrible ideas that people have come up with. Smart people, too. Alexander Graham Bell, actually the guy that invented the telephone, tried to invent a six-nippled sheep because I guess he thought that a sheep with two nipples was just inferior. So he tried to invent a sheep with six because he figured it would help the population by giving more milk to more sheep. Didn't work out. Have you ever heard of a herbicide called Agent Orange? It was used in Vietnam. They used to like drop it on the forest to help shed the leaves so we could see like the enemy better. Well, it turns out that it caused cancer and birth defects. So not necessarily a great idea. We all hate Spam emails, pop-up ads, whoever invented that should die. Wes Bergman's parents procreating? Probably top five worst ideas of all time. However, the next idea that I'm about to make, all right, these all might pale in comparison to how bad the idea that I'm about to uh, drop on you all is, and that is having my next guest join the Death Taxes and Bananas podcast, all right? Him and I have obviously, our our relationship over the seasons has run the absolute gambit. It's like a, it's like a roller coaster. And just when I thought the two of us were on a high, holding hands, you know, going to just take this thing for a loop-de-loop, maybe get an ice cream cone after. 
Last night's episode pops up, and man, was a lot revealed. So without further ado, Mr. Devin Walker Mulligan, welcome to the Death Taxes and Bananas podcast. I never thought I'd see the day. I didn't uh, either. And what a day it is, you know, here on the eve of, of a holiday where we all come together and give thanks. And look at us, you know. I got my tea ready. And you didn't have to invite yourself on this time. For everyone out there, Devin did not invite himself on the podcast (laughs) this time. He did that in the past, but this time he didn't have Fessy write a note for him. I actually invited him on. Yeah, it was. And it turns out that that note was plagiarized. Fessy actually hadn't hadn't written it, despite the visual cues that it probably was him. For those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, uh, there is a tweet out there that you can pull back up. That is pretty funny. But yes, I did get an official invite and I'm happy to be here. We got a lot to we got a lot to go over. A lot to unpack. Uh, listen, it's, it's like Christmas came early because we're we've got a lot to unpack here, Mr. Walker. I actually mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. After I saw the previews for last for, for last episode, I was like, oh, man, it's going to be a very and I texted you last week. This is going to be a very Devin Walker heavy episode. Really want to get his take on it. Then after I watched the episode last night, I thought about disinviting him. Yeah. Yeah. I figured that. I mean, it, it's not that bad, though. What I did isn't that bad. Uh, well, what they it, showed, what they showed wasn't that bad. We'll get into this. We'll get into yeah, this. Yeah. We, we mean, got a lot. We got a lot to unpack. Some would say it's a six on a scale of one to ten. I mean, who's some who some who? I don't know. It's what I'm hearing. That's just <laughs> that's what you're hearing. Considering considering you and I are the only ones that have seen the episode at this point. <laughs> it's just for those of you who don't know, we're not actually recording this after we, we got a screener first. So it's not like the whole country has already seen the episode. Devin got a screener <laughs> last night. So him and I and maybe a few people in the press have seen this episode so far. Yeah, but a few of them reached out to me. A few of them did. reached out. Yeah, they said, you want okay. to know what? It really wasn't that bad what you did. Don't let anybody <laughs> say that it was. <laughs> you know what they happened. said? They said, actually, we made it look worse. We edited it to make it look worse than it actually was. Yeah, they said they did one of those things, those classic tricks where they film you from the back and they take a conversation and piece it together. See? So it's just fragmented words, really. It's I, that I didn't it. even actually say any of this. Yeah. I, Devin, I knew that there was mm-hmm. no way that you could <laughs> have been no having chance. a meeting of the minds with Nelson <laughs> and Jay. I knew it. I was like, this is Photoshopped. It's so, I usually don't blame editing. I'm not somebody that typically uh, likes to scapegoat editing, but it, it, you know, this one, my hands are clean. Clearly. <laughs> clearly dude. All right. Before we get into the episode, I think a lot of fans, obviously, not just fans, myself included, were very shocked. And I'm sure you were as well. And I'm really upset that they haven't shown more of this. Cause I feel like it was a very mm. worthy. I think it was a, a storyline worthy of some airtime. Like yep. the fact that you and I, last time you saw us on TV, literally almost came to blows. We both, I think, yep. said, did some unsavory things, obviously. And since then, so everyone out there knows it did, wasn't done in the public realm, but privately, Devin and I put our differences aside, hashed it out, realized we both said and did some things that probably weren't all that great. And uh, we put our differences aside. Then we end up being in the same room together. And other than maybe a couple seconds in the first episode, Kind of just gone by the wayside. Yeah, divine intervention. It it doesn't make a ton of sense to me. But part of this is like both of us getting what we wished for in a weird way, because there was a long period of time where it was like, we're not going to try to use the other one for storylines. And now Mm -hmm. finally, there's like a massive 
like very natural organic storyline that has just been swept underneath the rug. I think we made it. I think maybe we made it seem too easy. Yeah. I, I don't maybe know. Maybe we should have played in. Well, maybe we shouldn't have been in the same room. Cause I mean, how are you going to beef with someone that you're sharing right. a room with? I think that at least for my game, maybe yours too. I mm-hmm. think that was one of the things that like almost was a biggest benefit and detriment simultaneously, especially after yeah. kind of like what I, what, what, what has transpired in the latest episode about what a busy little bee you've been is I was like, <laughs> if had we not been sharing a room and had I not confided in this guy and had he not witnessed things that were, you know, pretty risque, I thought that yeah. like, we were like, like in the nest, but here I find it's like, you know what it is, Devin? I felt like in a way, like, I feel like I've been, I, I think this is the way people feel when they've been cheated on. I feel like I've been cheated on. No, no, you don't feel that way. I mean, we knew, we knew this. I think both of us knew that the, the common ground, the, the, uh, the center of, I think, I believe it's a Venn diagram was not uh-huh. right. And so there wasn't ever going to be like, I wasn't ever going to come for you guys personally. I'm, I'm still, as we <laughs> go through the show, I'm not going to come for you personally, but I mean, if you get somebody else work, to do it, <laughs> there's a workaround. <laughs> I mean, I'm only, I'm only human. Right. It's like seven time champ enters the game, immediately wins the first challenge and and saves your ass. Correct. Correct. Because at what point did you, this is the other thing I was confused about. We came into the game and I think one of the only things that I think bonded us in the beginning was the fact that it was like, yo, these new kids yep. woke up. And they're all banding together and they're coming after anyone who's ever done a season before. So I was like, well, perfect. This kind of puts us in an alliance together without us even necessarily wanting to be in one. So we was almost done out of necessity, not out of like need. But at what point from you and Tori then being targeted by them, were you guys then like brought in as part of the alliance? I guess that's why to me, I was like, okay, that. I thought I saw things happen. I'm like, nah, it's probably not only because he's already been thrown in by people within this alliance. Like at what point did that shift? Right. So the there's, there's a couple of good points here, right? One of them is that we have already not only been in the draw, we have been into elimination, the very yeah. first one. Yeah. So like this whole concept that me and Tori have been dodging eliminations was literally proved wrong in the first episode. So that's all just horseshit, right? It's like you see Veronica having talk about a meeting of the minds. Don't let Amber, Veronica and Michelle get in the same room. They might they might solve world hunger Uh, that I was I was wondering where that was going to go. Thinking to myself, oh, my God, I don't think this this room's big enough for those three brains. And so it's like Veronica, I understand she came in late, but did you not ask what had happened previously in the game? Like, as you mentioned, we were thrown into the first one. But by the hands of Johnny. And for the reason that they didn't know the rules yet. So they didn't know there was going to be a draw. They thought they were just going to say one name and they'd be like a call out or something. So he wanted to use the time in the interrogation to make a deal with me and Tori, which we ended up making with them. But then how many, how many challenges, how many dailies was this, was this deal for? Was it uh, one daily, two daily? Like how many did you give them? I think it was a two daily rule, but I don't know for sure. 
But that was very quickly rescinded because we ended up going in. So obviously we didn't tell them that, but like on our mind, we were like, no, fuck them. We ended up. So Johnny reneged on the two daily deal on on the two daily deal. No, we did, but we didn't tell them. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Because he didn't know again, he didn't know the concept of the draw. He just thought, okay, we're going to interrogate them and then we're not going to put them in. So they'll be on our team. We'll do them a favor. Little does he know we end up going into the first elimination. He must have also not known, you know, the ins and outs of a two challenge deal with Devin, which is. Listen, the two challenge deal thing is smart. Okay. And, it I, is. and I'd like to, I actually wrote some notes on this episode. Okay. I'd like to tell you yes. what the two, what the two or three challenge deal prevents. Right. So let's, let's go let's to my, one of my all time favorite people, Amber. Okay. Now this is a direct quote. All right. I made sure not to paraphrase. This is a direct quote that we hear from Amber in the episode. And this is why people shouldn't only make the style deals that I make and they should only make them with me. Thank you very much. Uh, Amber direct quote here. Nelson's just someone who's never done me wrong. And I feel like he's someone I won't do wrong. I know we're going to have to turn on each other and do each other wrong at some point in this game. But until then, Nelson and me will have each other's back. Let's just break that down a little bit. Nelson's never done me wrong. I've never done him wrong. But I know I'm going to have to do him wrong. So I'll have his back until I have to do him wrong. So you're going to work with him until it's convenient for you not to. And then you're going to turn on him. What? I get it. I think that time just came about a lot sooner than either one or than at least she had assumed it was going to. If every deal has an expiration date, why not put an expiration date on it and give yourself a chance to re-up? That's what I was doing with Jay and Michelle. And it wasn't a one-day deal. That's the other thing Michelle lied about. We had several different deals with them. The first one was three challenges. Then it went to single-day deals after that. Okay. Do you ever tack one on just for like good faith? Like Sometimes you're like, listen, if you give me three... I'll throw in like an extra or I'll throw in a vote or maybe, or something like that. Do you, do you have any, like, do you you have any, any times you like maybe sweeten the deal, just to sweeten the deal a little bit? Uh, Well, do you remember the bells and whistles? The first Mm -hmm. deal I ever tried to make with you and Sarah on rivals three, where I gave you, I said, you can have my vote for the (laughs) remainder of the season. If you spare me from one elimination. (laughs) So I've come a long way. I believe. Well, listen, and, and here's the thing <laughs> talking about rivals three, cause that was something else I want. Most people who aren't like, aren't necessarily familiar with your journey on the challenge. I mean, they see where you've come to today. And I have to say, I am shocked and proud at the same time. I'll take that of how far you've come because in the beginning it was a little bit of, let me come after you create a storyline, whatever. I took a few seasons off and it seems like over the past few seasons, you really have, Come into your own and you've created your own, you know, space. And it's, and again, that's why I think coming into this season, at least from my vantage point, I'm like, I'm okay with this. But Rivals 3, you were the first one gone, brought back. There was a possibility, had you not been brought back, we would have never seen or heard from you again. I owe Brandon's girlfriend a lot. (laughs) because Brandon's 21 year old girlfriend that made him leave the show. I hope Brandon's 21 year old girlfriend that made him leave the show a lot because without that total fuck up on his part, by the way, odds are never again. Cause it wasn't a particularly strong performance. It wasn't, it was, <laughs> no. it was not. No. 
You came back, you pulled skulls. I mean, no one's All ever seen any anything like that done before. It, that's the other thing too. Like, I understand people want to have like this. I already went in. You don't get to put me in again because I already went in. It's like, okay, A, if that's the truth, then me and Tori don't have to go in anymore. It, B, the only thing you get to do if you go in is go back in. 100%. Because, because everyone's just going to keep putting you in. It's not like... And for someone who went in seven times in a row, I'm like, I have no sympathy for this. I'm a rookie. Leave me alone. I already went in and did my dirty work. Uh, I don't give a shit. I'm sorry. At one point, you and Wes just started nominating yourselves. Just get up off the couch and walk up. It wouldn't even be a vote. You guys just get up. And and I'd have my speeches ready because I wanted to insult Wes. And he (laughs) he wouldn't even let me give my speech. They'd be like, all right, who are you nominating? And I get into this whole thing. I'm going to start insulting him. And then he'd just get up and... (laughs) I mean, there. after you called him a spring roll, I don't think he wanted to hear the rest of the the rest of the insults. Now, like, speaking of right. Wes, speaking of Wes, now, even though I really do feel you've carved your own path, you've come a long mm-hmm. way. There's still a lot of Wes gameplay within you. Is that like an indelible mark that has been left on you where it's like you just can't wash off the Bergman? <laughs> Wessisms. I've been I've been just kind of burned into my psyche. You already brought up a Venn diagram. Wes, Wes loves a good diagram. Mm, a percentage. Wes true. loves percentages. Okay. Yeah. You, but you have a new one. You do odds. Wes doesn't do a lot of odds. You're an odds maker. Yeah. So you've actually added something where you're like, all right, the over and under. And that was nothing you always confused me with because I'm not an I don't know betting. And you'd be like, right. all right, let's take the money on. And I'm just like, I, I don't get it, but okay, sounds right. Well, so for instance, to explain odds, the odds of Amber crying in her interrogation were minus 800 million. Okay. Most <laughs> sports books wouldn't even, wouldn't even give you an option. So you'd have to bet $800 million to win a hundred on that one. Okay. Uh, Cause that was what we would call in the business, a guarantee. All right. It was an absolute lock. It was free. Amber crying in interrogation forever, literally forever will be minus 800 million. My gameplay being similar to Wes, I would say is probably the most logical uh, explanation I can give of that is that we are some of the only challenge players with IQs over 100. And so when you when you have that, there's really only two ways you can go, right? You can go the Bergman route, you can go the Bananas route, or you can go the CT route, right? It's like those are the multi-time champs that have recently manipulated their game, elevated their game due to the changing times of the challenge. As to where we see somebody else like Darrell, and I've played this game with Darrell for a long time, multi-time champ, but he's never adopted his gameplay, excuse me, adapted his gameplay. So he's still playing the same way that he always used to play. And mm-hmm. we, what we've seen now is that you have to be able to adapt with the times because otherwise you're not going to be able to really move forward and, and catch up to the speed of the new era. Now, you, you've, you're familiar with the movie Home Alone, right? The Wet Bandits? Correct. I think if you and Wes were movie villains, you'd be the Wet Bandits, and here's why. I'm you know Marv. Got, okay, fine. fine. Yeah. You are Marv, and here's why. That, that, that actually Marv. works perfectly. Here's why. Because the Wet Bandits, the reason they got caught was because Marv <laughs> had to leave this calling card behind to make sure everybody knew. He had to, like, plug up the drains, and then he had the, I yeah. don't know, they were the sticky bandits after whatever. You and Wes are the same way in that regard, too, where you guys were like the kids in high school that did the senior prank, but you couldn't let it be anonymous. You had to you had to be the ones you had to take credit for. And I felt like watching last night's episode. And I got to say, Devin, I was I was 
impressed, dude. I was impressed with the way that you moved through that house and you had so many different people doing your bidding for you. Your big mistake, though, and I will say this, is the fact that you had to kind of let everybody know what was happening. Because, dude, you you definitely pulled it off. But now, I think a lot of people are, including myself, are a little more hip to the game. And we're like, all right, I had suspicions this was going on, but now it's been confirmed. You know what I mean? I get that. But why is it that people have suspicions of me because I haven't been in the last few draws, but no one has any suspicions of Fessy and Mariah? No one has any suspicions of Casey and Kenny, who literally haven't been in a single draw or haven't been in a single elimination. I can't speak for other people. I can just speak for myself. And this is what I remember right. and rooming with you. And I, and I remember every day after and, and, and I never said it because I'm like, <laughs> all right, I don't want to rock the boat. All right. I think right now. I mean, I'm already teetering on such thin ice. Well, this was before I started going into every every draw. But before that, I'm like, all right, I'm just going to kind of pretend like my lion eyes don't see what they see because we'd get back. We'd go into the room and the first thing you do is you. No, no. The first thing you do is you we, we'd get back to the room and you'd go wherever you went. Came to find out you were having conversations with whoever. And then you come into the room and you'd be like, all right, bananas. Here's the deal. Here's the odds. <laughs> Here are the odds. And I think you're going in. <laughs> I'd say five per and the odds kept on elevating. And I'd be sitting there like, how the fuck do you know this dude? Or, or everyone, trading. Else, everyone else is sitting there like freaking like, Oh my God, is it going to be amazing? Devin's out playing pool by himself. Not a care mm-hmm. in the world, not a yeah. care in the world, dude. Didn't really care. <laughs> like he knew, like you, no, knew, no, you knew. knew every, no matter yeah. who won. You weren't going in. It was it was well uh, for the record too, and let's not let this spin out of control here. You win one as we and we already decided we're roommates, we're just fresh roommates, right? And you and Nani win. You're not gonna send us in. So I know it was good there because you said you're good. Then I have a three show, or that excuse me, then Nelson wins the next one. I've been wanting an Are You the One Alliance for 10 years. Finally, Norris and Nelson are like, we'll rock with you guys. So I got that. So I know I'm good with him. And then I made a three-show deal with Jay and Michelle, and they won. So it's like, I get what it looks like. But in all actuality, the three teams that I felt the safest with all just happened to win five in a row. So I was chilling. I was like, oh, this is good. Like, things are working out for me. Trust and believe if Amber and Chauncey had won, my ass is in there. If Tommy had even bothered to turn around on the building challenge and bite the flag with his mouth, we would have been in there. Like there's a lot of teams, Darrell and Veronica, we would have been in there. There's a lot of teams that, that would have put us in there. It just so happens that I aligned myself with the teams that have the highest chance of winning dailies because why the fuck am I going to work with the Ambers and Chaunceys of the world? They have a 0% chance of winning a daily. I agree, man. They stink. They stink. I get it. Now, let me ask I think the other thing that played in your favor and I just and I, I I tweeted about this the other day. I think and, and tell me what you think. I, I feel like the format of this season disincentivized winning. 100%. If you were in the Devin Walker position, which was kind of good on both sides, right? Absolutely. A person in my position, not so much because it was clear that, you know, there was the, the other half of the house working against me and vice versa. Right. Like, I mean, I was pretty much aligned with Jordan. Mostly. I knew that he wasn't going to, you know, do me dirty. You know, I, with you to an extent, obviously Mariah and Fessy, but then there was like this clear divide. Right. Yeah. Whereas with you, you and Tori were in a position and I think Fessy was in this position for a while as well, 
where because you were good on both sides, if you won, it actually fucked you. You were actually in a better position by not winning because A, you couldn't lose. You could come in last. You could literally fall asleep. You could, you could like Veronica, you could literally (laughs) walk for an entire challenge and have it not affect you. But like you guys were in a good spot because you knew that actually playing the middle ground was the best game because then you didn't have to make any, any tough decisions. A hundred percent. It was, and I hope that the challenge gets back to incentivizing winning Um, because not only was there no incentive to not lose, there was more of an incentive, as you just explained to not win. I wasn't ever throwing any of them, but I was like, I was, if I, if I saw like, you know, Fessy and Mariah ahead in the barrel challenge, I'm certainly not going to like risk injury to catch them. Right. I'm going to still try hard, but I'm not going to like go above and beyond to try to catch a team that I already feel kind of safe with. Yeah. And that's just like, I guess a, a flaw on TJ's part, but it also made for some great TV because we do get the Nelson motion uh, moments of emotion where he's like just so distraught about the names he has to put up there. <laughs> Poor guy. And I love that. I mean, Poor it was guy. a good episode. I will say that. It was and a great this, episode. It was a great. I, so. I was beginning to wonder though. I was like, yeah, did Devin get edited? At, where did it, where did Devin go? I haven't seen Devin at all this season. Where, where were they? But they were just, they, it was just building up to this. They were building up to it. And my favorite part, just to, again, my favorite part of the whole thing was just the absolute knowledge that was getting dropped by, by Amber and Veronica. And another quote that Veronica said was, uh, Darrell and I don't have to pick a side until we have to pick a side. That's profound. I mean, it doesn't get any deeper. How did we even survive this long? If that's what we're up against, I mean, blown away. I'm actually pretty sure that she should have done a work cited because I think Aristotle, I think she stole (laughs) that quote from Aristotle. (laughs) She might have. (laughs) Well, I mean, listen, we might have. As you were saying, I mean, you got we we got a new uh, Nelson nickname, so he's Spider Nelly T now. Spider Nelly T. We've had Scuba Nelly. Yeah, we've had. A few other Nelsicle. The Nelsicle. Yeah. And now we've got Spider Nelly T because of how how his web is how he's interwoven and how he's connected to everybody in the house. But I'm he's been but tucking I'm the a, one, but but I'm the one playing both sides. He's been tucking a lot of yoga though, too. So that's <laughs> probably why he's so limber. All right. I wanna I wanna read a tweet that you sent out. This is actually another thing. I was like, this is perfect timing. Yeah. I'm learning so much about my castmates as I watch Challenge 38. It's wild to me how someone as perceptive as I claim to be can miss so many inner workings while living right next to them. I've been so torn about publicizing my version so far. What do y'all think? Should I? The answer is yes. Mm. You have the floor. What have you learned? Well, this is this is the perfect episode for it because as we come to find out here, Amber has been maybe even a busier bee than me. And I, what I find so interesting about Amber is that she uses very low level, real world manipulation tactics to move her way through the game. And if you've played this game with her before, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The tears are just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, there is nothing that she will, there's nothing that's off limits for Amber. And she uses people's vulnerabilities as a way to manipulate into their heart and try to maneuver them through the game the way that she wants to, which is why 
her monologue with Chanti is so hysterical to me because she might as well be standing in front of a mirror and just talking at the mirror because everything she's saying that I'm doing, she's doing. And I know this because I played three seasons with her back to back to back. And what didn't work for her on Spies, Lies, and Allies, she crumpled up and threw in the trash can and moved back and reverted to what did work for her on Double Agents, which is a lie directly to everybody's face. Try to move the target off of you. Try to give little compliments. I can't tell you how many times she's told me I smile with my eyes. Oh my God, Devin, I smile with my eyes. Jay walks on the bus after he wins the him and Michelle win the first challenge. And she goes, oh, my God, Jay, I just I just love your smile because you smile with your eyes. And at that moment, I was like, oh, you're full of shit. Like, you're just saying whatever you think the people want to hear. It's like, obviously, my smile sucks. You say I brush my teeth with dog shit. So, like, I know she's <laughs> full of shit in that moment because like I have a terrible smile. My teeth are all fucked up. Right. So it's like I smile with my eyes, like backhanded, I guess, because I don't smile with my teeth. But I started to peep what was going on there. And it Mm -hmm. became a lot more clear to me that there's nothing off limits here. And that all came to fruition when we see the conversation with Chauncey and Jordan, where he's like, I'm going to work with you. I think the direct quote was, I'm going to make sure I ride for you the same way you ride for me behind each other's backs. Don't know what that means, but I think what it means is we're going to have your back. You're going to have our back. Then in the next conversation, he goes, Chauncey and Amber go and have a conversation with Nelson and Narice. And they say, why would we ever go after Jay or his numbers? Those are our numbers. Mm -hmm. So by definition, if the house is split and there's Jordan on one side and Jay on the other side, and you're working with both of them, then you're working with both sides of the house, which is what you're accusing me of doing. So you guys, so you and Amber are essentially like that Spider-Man meme where you're pointing at each other in the Spider-Man suit. I mean... Something like that, except I don't think we're on the same level. The only thing that I did in this game was make deals with with literally I was actually wondering, I'm like, does Devin have a deal with the security guards? Does Devin, <laughs> well, I actually I did have he, a deal with the security guards. I, I believe it. I'm like, does he have a like I, like when when uh, when when like the the uh, the catering people would come in? I'm like, I guarantee this motherfucker probably has a deal with catering as well. Yeah, yeah. There he's, was only a few people that I didn't really want to align. He's got myself a three with. meal deal with the catering company. <laughs> I need breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day, and for that, I will wash my dish. So, who didn't you have a deal with? Uh, Laurel and Jack. Okay, Laurel and Jack, no deal. Fair. Amber and Chauncey, no deal. Tommy and Annalise, no deal. At this point, any of the rookies, Kim and Colleen, obviously no deal. Turbo and Tamara, obviously no deal. Pretty much all the teams that are losing, I didn't have a deal with because I didn't think they were very good. A couple more big moments that were just went by the wayside before Turbo left. Mm -hmm. What benefit is there to not showing him get verbally effed in the A by both you and I before he like, 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 like what, what are we doing there? Like for those people who don't know, like, I mean, he was verbally assaulted before he left. It was amazing. Didn't show it. Yeah, he he came out. What happened is that he came out to the gym, which I was actually in this season, believe it or not, based off my pillow body that you see in this episode. He came out to the gym. By this point, you were doing triathlons, dude. Yeah, no, actually, I was. I broke. I did a triathlon in one hour, actually, one day. That was actually lit. Johnny was there cheering me on. 
that's it's, for those of you that don't know, it's a run, a bike and a swim. Um, and I did all three in one day. So technically I'm a professional triathlete moving on. <laughs> he came out. Remember when he remember his, his, his big moment of like apology, he goes, or, or attempted apology. He goes, Devin, I'm sorry that I used worse. I I'm sorry that I used bad words against you in elimination. And I'm even more sorry that I'm going to need to use worse words against you now. <laughs> I was like, Oh no. But what I figured out about turbo very quickly is he pushes the line until you push back. And then he stops. Yeah. Like all he's waiting to see is how much he can intimidate you. And it was working on people all the way through. But at that point, I didn't care because he's going to come for me anytime. Remember he told us he was going to booby trap our room every morning. I was like, oh, he's like, I'm going to wake you up with pots and pans every morning. Well, he told oh, me he was gonna- tricking the book. He told me he was going to fuck me with his words. And I was like, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> Sounds painful. Well, with those words too, those, those things are sharp, man. You, you don't want to get the bad side of that guy. He'll really cut you with his words. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Ice Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Ice Tea and discover a berry delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Ice Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Ice Tea. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the, the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it. You can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down in your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. So let me ask you this. Okay, so obviously with you and Tori, your guys' ride or die, your partnership this season from what it sounded like, and I don't know how 
much truth there was to this. It sounded like she was kind of leaving the politics and the socialized, the social game in your hands and letting mm-hmm. you take the wheel. However, we get a super secret deal re-up meeting early on in the episode. We get to watch the two of you go away. And it almost seemed like she wanted to play an honorable game. She's like, I think you're doing too much. I want to play an honorable game. Now, was this true or was this like plausible deniability? You know what I this mean? Is, Where she could plausible this deniability. Plausible. This is plausible 100%. deniability. And I love, I love Tori. I love Dave. She, that's, you know, she's, yep. she's in my heart forever, but uh, that's plausible deniability so that she can say, you know, we're not trying to play both sides. Yes. That's Devin. He's my partner. I'm connected to him. And honestly, that's the, that was the best way for us to play it because it kept her in the good graces of people for long enough. And it kept us out of five mm-hmm. draws or eliminations in a row and to, to not to go into the first one and then to not even be nominated again for several draws is a big win because we all know the challenge protocol of if one team goes in, you just keep putting them in over and over and over again. You're getting a taste of that right now. Mm-hmm. So it was, I think she wanted that to be genuine um, because Anissa was on the other side of it, but we came into this game and our partnership had one rule, which was we can't, we're not going to put a leash on each other. So she couldn't really tell me not to do anything because it would have violated the only rule of the team. Kinky put a leash on each other. I love it because I saw that. And right, right away. I was like, come on. I know you guys like good cop, bad cop. All right. And we, and and we see this scene. And I actually remember when you guys left for that conversation and dumb me, it's like, I wasn't even sitting here like, Oh yeah, well, what are they talking about? This must be a really super sneaky conversation. Yeah. Little did I know it was about re-upping a deal with Jay, Jesus Christ. All right, so they've really, like, put the spotlight on you for playing all sides. But I feel like you weren't really – I mean, you were, obviously, but there were other people who were doing it as well. I mean, Nelson, up to this point, was doing that. You know what I mean? So – There's video footage in the episode, again, of Amber and Chauncey literally playing both sides. And what I'm doing is saying, okay, these people may not like each other, but that doesn't mean that they're off limits to me. Right. They can have their own little issues. I don't know why the spotlight's put on me. I think it's because people love to give me too much credit, to be honest. I promise you, I'm not as smart as you think I am. And I'm not as good at politicking as you think I am. I've floated through this game for six years with the layup card. Don't ever forget that people think I suck. So like one of the reasons we're not going in also is because they're looking at us and being like, well, I mean, Devin sucks. So like, why are we going to get rid of him? You can only pull the wool over people's eyes so many times. You can only piss on people for so long and tell them it's raining, Devin. Because, oh, look at those. I don't even, I didn't think those were legal in Massachusetts. Devin just pulled out his, Devin just showed his, Devin just showed his bicep, by the way, for those of you who (laughs) didn't see. Okay. So, and and again, it wasn't just, it wasn't just Nelson either. We have that, the next scene where we're at the, uh, our day off, by the way. Now, mind everyone, listen, we get one day off a week. This is supposed to be the day that we go. We see like, whatever, the town. Usually they take us on like these cool like boat trips where they're like, oh, you're going to a bar in Buenos Aires. We get there. It's cemetery. all fried food, which like, and it was overlooked the cemetery. Like our only view was a cemetery. Okay. And I'm I like, this is, this is just, this could not be more ironic. But I had a conversation with Darrell 
And I basically told him, I'm like, listen, dude, you see the position that you're in. You see where the lines are drawn. You're going to have to pick a side, dude. You're either going to roll with the vets, okay, because that's who they're targeting, or you're going to go with the other side. And I was a bit, and again, I didn't know this in the episode. I thought we had a chat. I thought I might have broken through to him, but in fact, he turned around, turned right around and talked to Veronica, and we all know which direction she was pushing. So he was playing both sides. He was trying to play both sides well. It didn't work out from very well because we saw very, very quickly in this episode that, you know, these people he thought that he was, they had their back, didn't. So again, yep. it, it just goes to show that like, while you were the one that I think was the most out in the open and out, out front about, I think you were do, I think you were putting the most effort into and you were giving the most on camera, which is I think why it was highlighted as much as it was. Correct. And you basically called out well, they didn't show it. Amber, well, they showed uh, Michelle and Colleen all for being, you know, rats. And, uh, you know, you gave them, you gave them enough ca- fodder for cannon or cannon fodder, whatever they call it. Yeah, that's the one thing that everyone can, that no one can ever say about me is that I'm doing things like overtly sneaky. That's I may be trying to move around and make deals on on both sides at certain points, again, because other people's beefs aren't my problem. Right. So like if Jay and Michelle are beefing with Anissa and Jordan, that's not really my problem. So I'm not going to that they're not that's not going to eliminate them from, you know, my like want to work with list because Jay and Michelle are good at challenges. They're going to win dailies. I want to work with teams that are going to win dailies. So I'm not going to inherit other people's beefs anymore is, is kind of what I came into this show saying, because several times I have done that and it's come back to bite me. And as Veronica so eloquently put it, you don't have to pick a side until you have to pick a side. So like, I'm not going to, but yeah, that that's another team. And what everyone is, this is the greatest trick big brother ever played was convincing the world. They didn't exist. Can someone please tell me, how Fessy and Mariah or Casey and Kenny have not come up as playing both sides of the house one single time. They haven't been into the draw one single time. They haven't been into elimination one single time yet. A team that goes into the first one is the sneaky snake. Not one time, either one of them. No, no, no. I'm the, according to Mariah's mother, I'm the sneaky snake. So <laughs> you are the sneaky snake, even though you've been in uh, what is it? Two draws now. I know. Hey, why do I always get the sneaky snake card? I'm sitting here like, yo, I, at least I've made it clear who I'm rolling with here, dude. I'm not over here like, you know, trying to butter everyone's balls up. And even Casey goes up to you afterwards and says, I thought for sure we, it would be us up there instead of you guys. Okay, so how then how? How? Right? Yeah. Why yeah. is it I'm doing all this stuff? I'm doing all this stuff. I'm never on the board. It must be me. Not a single conversation about two very strong teams that haven't even been in a draw yet. Wonder why that would be. Mm, because people like to make me the scapegoat. Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, hey, bro, listen, great power comes great responsibility, man. You know what I mean? Something like that. The squeaky wheel gets the oil. Let me see how many more cliche phrases I could come up with. We should call Nelson. He's probably got one. That's definitely the way that it is supposed to be said, too. Well, no, because Nelson, obviously, if we're if we're if we're pointing out good, really profound quotes, Nelson also said this episode: "The less you remember, the less you can get confused." <laughs> that's a pretty good point. I mean, it's it really is true. That's actually true. The the less you have going in, the less you have to lose. That's right. 
I believe that ignorance is bliss is another way to say that. I don't know if it works necessarily in a memory puzzle, but they did win. So uh, whatever they were doing was working. And not only they win, Devin, they managed to beat you who is, I mean, I'm, you're no slouch when it, when it comes to puzzles. Well, memory specifically, I'm not very good at puzzles, but I am, I do have a decent memory. You're pretty, you're pretty good at, you're pretty good. See, stop trying to listen, man. It ain't going to work, bro. I know. I I see what you're trying to do. All right. You're trying to put it out there that it's like, oh, you know what I mean? Even a, even a squirrel gets its nut twice a day or whatever. But dude, Devin, you managed to do something that nobody else in this house was able to do this season. And that is pull the wool over everyone's eyes simultaneously. You saw it on last night's episode. The best part is everyone's aware of it too, but Mm. they're all like, what do we do about it? And, and, and even when, like when we got back to the house and like at the bonfire, when it was like, everyone was kind of like, yeah, let's compare notes and see what's going on. And I remember it was funny, even though they showed me lying in bed, I was actually Mariah and I were upstairs laying on the floor, listening. We had the door cracks. We're listening to it being like, what's this, what's this conversation going to be? And you were publicly lambasting Michelle, which I also thought was a good move because it's like, all right, well, if I do this, if I say this loud enough and in public, everyone is going to, everyone's going to hear instead of do it in, in, in the shadows or whatever. But I was expecting, I don't know what I was expecting, like something that, and it, it seemed like everyone just wanted that to, it seemed like Tori was just like, oh, Jay, let's just talk about this later. Like nobody wanted. Correct. It was like everybody knew what was going on, but nobody wanted to like actually. That's why I'm it. never af- afraid of a public conversation because I know people can call me a lot of things. They can say I twist words or that I am sneaky or whatever. Then have an open dialogue with me in front of the whole house if you're not doing the same thing. Because I know what I say and I stand by what I say. And I and you can't misquote me because I have a good memory. So that that conversation was for a couple different reasons. I didn't mean it to get escalated like that. But what they don't show is that Michelle literally says, okay, you're right. I'm sorry. I didn't want to throw Amber underneath the bus. And I said, okay, it's good. And then when everyone else comes in, then she's like, I never lied. I never lied. And I'm like, you just apologized for lying. So like you did lie. You don't apologize for something you didn't do. I also great quote. All right. Correct. Great quote. You said quote to Michelle. If you're riding with me, watching somebody else publicly badmouth me, that's not working together. That's working together when it's beneficial. But if I recall, you were in a conversation earlier on again with Jay and Nelson who were publicly badmouthing me. And, you know, we apparently were together. I don't think they were together. publicly badmouthing you. I think they were saying, we're going to put him in. <laughs> but like Same at that shit. point. So Same at shit. that point, at that point, good. I will say, I, w- I never said I wasn't a hypocrite. At that <laughs> point, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> again, again, it's like, I will, I will admit to certain things in this world. And that is in the challenge house, one of them. The issue is if anyone in that house says that they are not one, I can guarantee you they're a worse one than you are. So like, because Nelson had given Jay so much shit for not putting you in the first time. Mm-hmm. He had no choice but to put you guys in, at yeah. least at least in the draw. And because of his connection in friendship with Nani, he didn't want to make you the main vote. So he was looking for any opportunity to move the target to somebody else. And he wasn't going to go after Jordan and Anissa. And he'd given Darrell and Veronica his word. And also, they weren't going to win any dailies. So as soon as I gave him 
that little kernel of Chauncey had a conversation with Jordan that they're going to come after Jay's alliance. That was all he needed to tip the scales. So maybe I didn't stand up for you in the moment in that conversation, but I certainly helped initiate a target change from you to Amber and Chauncey, and no one can deny that, baby. <laughs> Man, <laughs> you almost had you you almost had me believe in you there for a second. You almost had listen, and I get it. Hey man, was I it get the baby it. at the end that that, it that, was. Pushed, that drew that back? <laughs> Listen, totally. Here, here's the thing, man. Again, and if we're talking about challenge 101, and if you're talking about it's like if you could get somebody else, if there's a move that's beneficial to your game and to everyone else's game in the house, right? And you can get somebody else to make the move for you by manipulating them into doing so, which is what it seemed like was, was going on in that conversation with you, you, Jay and Nelson, because he is impressionable to say the least. If you can get somebody else to pull the trigger and you can just kind of, this is what CT's always been mm-hmm. like. Th- this has been, this is the, this is why he is such a insanely like just manipulative and great player is like he gets other people. He plants seeds and gets other people to do dirty work for him. And then, when the body's laying there on the floor, someone else is holding the gun and he's already, you know, on vacation in Mexico. And that's what Amber was attempting to do by poisoning people's minds about me. And to be honest with you, another thing that that didn't make the episode that is incredibly important is that Narice is actually the one that came to me mm-hmm. and because Amber confided in her and was like, Devin's doing this, this, and this. And Narice was like, hey, just so you know, Amber's saying all this shit about you and trying to convince us to to put you in. And Michelle was there as well. So when I'm having that conversation with Michelle and I preface it with, I don't like being lied to, it's because I have an eyewitness testimony of one of the three people that was in the conversation who's saying exactly what happened. And Narice had no reason to lie about it. And Amber does this. She goes up to people and she uses, again, what she thinks they're vulnerable with and then tries to manipulate them into making the decision. And what she used with Narice was Devin's going to try to run your game and play your game for you, knowing that Narice is somebody who's very confident in herself and stubborn in a way in playing her own game. Even seeing this with Nelson, where it's like she says, I don't care about winning because I have no problem putting names on the board. Amber peeped that and was like, okay, she wants to have a voice. So if I can convince her that Devin is going to get all the credit for everything that she's been doing, she'll turn on Devin. But it's like, you got to be, I think they say it in the town. If you want to be slick, you got to be slicker than the third grader. Wow. Amber, step your game up. Wow. I mean, I listen, I feel like, yes, I do feel like there are some things that maybe she did in this game, but it sounds like you guys also have some unresolved issues from, from, from prior seasons as well. Was there a carryover coming into this season? I've just been watching her for a long time. And I know like the, the way that she plays the game and I know how she played the game with Darrell and double agents and with a season that she won. And I saw her last season in spies, lies and allies and not do that. So I just know she's reverting, reverting back to the double agents tactics, which benefited her as she should. The problem is I see it for what it is because I've been there every step of the way. Other people that see it for what it is, Casey sees it for what it is. Nani sees it for what it is. Anissa sees it for what it is, which is why none of them wanted to work with her. Mm -hmm. If you play this game with her more than one time, you know 
what she's all about and you don't really want to get attached to it. Why is it that you think that we're seeing people like Michelle or the rookies? Allegedly, she's saying, I run the rookies because they're the only ones that don't know your tricks. Yeah. So like very Wes Bergman. It's a very Wes Bergman thing to do. Chauncey's the perfect partner for her because she can just deploy him and he'll just be like, where do I go? What time do I need to be there? And what should I wear? And then he goes over and just does whatever she says. So it's like she had this perfect little minion to just kind of maneuver around the house while she took care of other stuff. And she thought no one was going to see it. Okay. I would have kept my mouth shut if you didn't come for me. So next time, just go after someone that's a little less perceptive, Amber. So it's basically what it is. It's like you two, you're like, you guys are like two criminals or like two, two card cheats that both can see what the other one is doing because you're essentially both doing the same thing. You're both good at the same thing. You just have different ways of going about it because I, I agree. I do think that she is very good, especially with the girls in the house, at spotting what their vulnerabilities are yeah. and knows how to play into those and how to placate them. And I mean, I've seen this in before, like this is, it, it's, it really is. Like I remember on free agents, I remember Car Maria was doing this to Nani. Car Maria fractured her hand in, a, in an elimination. And then we were going to throw her because we're working with her and she turns on the waterworks and starts crying and starts whining about her hand. And it's like, well, you're still in a challenge. We're not, not going to throw you because, and, and we almost, Nani almost, Decided not to because she, you know, got all caught up in the emotional side. And there are some people that just know how to play that, know how to play that angle. I'm sorry, but if you cry that much in general, some of them have to be fake. No one can produce that many, like, genuine tears. It's it's every single moment she's in a con- conflicted conversation, she starts crying. And I'm like, dude, what? these all you can't all be real tears. Like you, you got to be faking some of these. Uh, and I think that she's very good at finessing people and, and what we've seen in this episode and why she, you can see her eyes when they turn, when her things don't work in how irritated she gets in her little conversation with Chauncey at the bar. Cause she knows it's not working. So it's like, fuck, I got to go back to the well and get a little bit more creative. Uh, I'm not really equipped to do that. So I guess I'll cry. Go to the old trusty cry and see if that works. Come on, dude. So you're saying that her telling you that you had great smiles, your smiling eyes as Tyra Banks, but that, that didn't work. That wasn't, that wasn't your, that wasn't your weeks. That wasn't it for you. That wasn't it for me, especially after I watched you use the same compliment on another guy, the same exact compliment. I just love how you smile with your eyes. Where did you get that one? Like, who'd you, where, where did that, what's the origin story of I'm, I I love when you smile because you smile with your eyes. Which is such a, it's like such a unique compliment to use twice. Like you think I'm just like, didn't know you said it to me too. That's when I was like really starting to put it together. I was like, oh, okay, I got it. I've been told in the past I have nice smiles, but it wasn't from Amber. But I'm actually wondering if that was an actual compliment now. Now you've got me second guessing if I do in fact have nice smiles or if someone was just trying to get one over on me. (laughs) Smiles? I mean, I think I do. Like when I smile, like your eyes smile without your face smiling. Correct. Yeah, no, I think she was saying when I smile, I also smile with my eyes, a full face smile. And I'm like, dude, get okay, fine. And again, I don't want this to be like a bash Amber scenario, but it kind of is because she's trying to bash (laughs) me. I don't want it to be, but listen, I I I think like, listen, I didn't really notice the smiles. I will say when you smile, it does look like you have sticks of butter in your mouth. 
Is this my teeth or is it an extension of your hat? It's my, sure. my hat is, is actually Laurel's hat that I stole from her. Wow. So I had to tell her. Laurel, Hashtag Laurel was gone too soon. One of my all time favorite moments that it was when Laurel fell, <laughs> fell in the toilet water and then came, <laughs> came into our room. <laughs> we She's like, almost killed us because we were laughing. <laughs> I was well, we talked about this on the last episode. She, okay. So Laurel actually corrected this because I told her, I was like, oh yeah, the night you were sneaking into Fessy's room and you slipped on toilet water. Well, apparently... <laughs> She was going into Fessy's room to get earplugs, Devin. So, oh. and the reason there was toilet water on the floor, I also found out is because Fessy refuses to use toilet paper and he wipes his ass with man wipes. And I guess mm. the plumbing in that Argentinian hostel that we were staying at wasn't equipped to handle the quantity mm. of man wipes that Fessy was trying to shove down the toilet. So he's a big guy. Poo water on the floor. Laurel <laughs> made the... <laughs> Laurel made the ill-advised move to sneak in for to get some plugs, you know, late night, and uh, the rest was history. But remember that after we heard her oh, fall, and then, God. and then, dude, she, I think she almost killed one of the talent coordinators that night. She was so upset. Remember, she came down the hallway, and we were laughing, and she <laughs> almost killed us both. Big mad. I don't know how we prevent. I don't know how we prevented any any backlash from there. But I will say this too. I want people to start to peep this a little bit. All right. You want to know who who is is got a little CT in him? Yep. Jordan. Okay. Jordan has got a very interesting way, and I noticed this once they came into the game because what we don't what we don't see actually is the relationship between Michelle and Laurel at the beginning of this season was decent. The relationship between me and Laurel was decent. And as soon as Jordan got there and Jordan and Laurel have a, you know, a, a long history yeah. relationship, um, I started watching these kind of fractal relationships or new budding relationships start to fracture. And I think I have a sneaking suspicion that Jordan was working his way up the Laurel totem pole by cutting the throat of anybody that was above him. And I think she started poisoning her mind with Devin is like Wes. And Michelle is trying to bang Horacio and little, little bits of info kept creeping out ah, that I'm starting to realize interesting. So that he could move his way up that ladder. So you're saying Horacio didn't actually have a girlfriend at home. Jordan somehow created that. Oh, she, I don't, I don't think Horacio had a girlfriend at home. It's like, this is, might be the hot take of the episode. No girlfriend at home. Breaking news. I second that. I also do not believe that Horacio had a girlfriend at home. I just think that that was just his reasoning for just kind of, I don't know, not canoodling. Cause it wasn't just Laurel. I mean, dude, this guy was like the most eligible bachelor on. I've oh, never seen after dude, Michelle Laurel. There might, I don't know, be somebody else who may or may not be your partner who later on down the road may have a thing for I him. can't confirm or deny that. I'm like, I've never seen this many women swoon over a guy that has to make up having a girlfriend at home to repel them away. Yeah, it was interesting. And what's also crazy is he doesn't booze. So like no. he's doing this all, he's doing this all sober. It's raw dog. It's amazing. Wild, wild, really impressive strategy there. I'm just going to go in dead sober and tell people I have a girlfriend at home Yep, and they're all going to fall in love with me. I'm going to tell I my girlfriend it. at home. I'm going to, I'm literally going to take my shirt off and juggle soccer balls in the backyard. Yeah. And, and he sure did. And, oh yes, he did. 
<laughs> he sure. Like there did. Was, some people want to juggle his soccer balls. All right. So <laughs> before, so the night out in question. Okay. So here's the thing. Nelson, I think Nelson was in a very sticky situation, as we saw, as we said before. Mm-hmm. I think him winning this one is what I think this really put him in a spot. Okay. Yeah. Obviously. 100%. But I do think that there was some easier ways out than he took. I think he made his path a little more difficult than it needed to be. I also would say that, and, and I found this funny, you kind of did this, but according to you, you were swaying him the other direction. But Jay was really turning the screws on him to put me in his yeah. main vote. But my 100%. point was like, where was all this energy to put me as main vote last week when you had power? You know what I mean? And that's the thing is I almost feel like Nelson is in this position where he's being forced to do something that he doesn't necessarily want to do is not comfortable doing when it's like, would you have had this same energy or why didn't you have the same energy when you had power? And I just don't think it occurred. It dawned on Nelson to, you know, ask these questions, which it should have. Yeah, it, it did seem like Jay was trying trying to get he said he even says the draws where you get the dirty work done yeah so it does seem to me like he it was a very obvious ego play to put in jordan and anisa after jordan did what he did in interrogation but it just didn't make a ton of sense when you had power twice in a row and you didn't do this and now you're trying to tell someone to do it which i think is why Nelson, I mean, people can say Nelson's easily influenced all they want. Nelson has up to this point played a flawless game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's played a flawless game. He's made some really good decisions. He's won dailies for the first time in six years. And as he, again, so eloquently put it, Narice is the best thing that ever happened to me in this game, this game. <laughs> <laughs> which is, Awesome. We need a quote book of Nelly T isms. Okay. It, it's got Nelly T's had some good ones. Amber had a really good one too when she said uh, that it was something about Chauncey's starting to figure out how to play the game and he's just now getting the hand of it. Mm. Getting okay. the hand of playing the game. He's Get got hand. he's got it and he's taking it with him. It's like it's a po- it's listen, it's again, there's a lot of poker parallels going Holding on. Holding hands while running is a new one too. I saw that. Holding hands while running, walking while running was another. We had a lot of different techniques out there. We had a a lot. Some of them didn't work out all that well. Okay. (laughs) Terrell said, Terrell said, I know Veronica's not the best runner, so we're just going to waddle around and make sure that we memorize the pieces (laughs) and then then proceeded to not forget a single piece piece on the board. Because they started a puzzle at the top. On top. That's right, dude. What are we doing? What was that? Oh, my God. What was that? I don't know, dude. I don't know how. Do do they not know how gravity works? (laughs) It was like. Gravity pulls down. It doesn't push up. This that that was I was like, okay, so I get it. I get that strategy. Like, make sure you have the pieces. Do do less trips. That makes sense. Start the puzzle at the top. Uh, yeah, no, that's not going to work. So that was, uh, needless to say, the team that did the worst ended up going home. So we kind of got what we all want anyways, which is the team that does the worst goes into elimination. So I it, mean, it, it worked itself out. It worked itself out. It did. However, I mean, the interrogations were, were, were got a little funny. Okay. Especially mine when I was in there 
And I, again, something they don't show. You know Nelson's entire rationale and Narice's entire rationale? More poker parallels. Do you know what their reasoning for actually throwing Nani and I in was? Into the Draw. interrogation? Oh, yeah. No, no yeah. idea. Because I told Nelson he has a bad poker face. Oh, shit. I remember this. That yeah, was the went whole. Up, you went up. You went up to him the night when we were going to go out, right? No, when Jay. No, it was the first time. It was. It was last. It was the last episode when Jay nominated. It was the first time we went into a draw. And he was like, and yeah, and, and, you and were, before you were like, we went am I out, going in? Yeah. No, it wasn't even that. Before, like you know, because the winning pair goes in, they decide who they're going to, do, and then they put the names on the board, and we all walk out to look at them. Most people go out in their sweats. I knew what was up, so I like went and. Got dressed because I'm like, I'm probably going to be in interrogation. I remember walking out and I remember Nelson come up and standing next to me and looking at my outfit. He goes, so uh, did Jay talk to you? Did he tell you something? And I'm like, oh, my God, Nelson, come on, dude. And I told him, I was like, you got the worst poker face ever. You know exactly what's up. Don't pretend you don't know. And that is what that was his rationale. Then the following week, he goes, man, I thought we were working together. They cut all this out. But then you said I had a bad poker face. And I'm like, Nelson, this is a joke, right? This is this is a reason for sending me in. And Narice is like, yeah, Dang. you can't talk about my, you can't disrespect my partner like that. I was like, Nelson, of all the things I've ever oh, said God. to anyone ever on the show, that is probably the dumbest thing I've ever said to somebody. And that's like, come on, dude. People are reaching, they're reaching. And honestly, I'm, I'm getting a little sick of it too. Like even outside of the show, as people try to, to walk back their comments and their, in their position in the game and what they've done and blah, blah, blah. We're playing a game. It's okay. Whatever way you decide to play the game is okay. It's a game, but don't try to act like you didn't try to play it that way. Like that's what really gets me like, that's another thing people can't say I won't do, or people can't say I do is try to cover up what I've done with some like weird excuse as to why it happened it's like no we're in a game you're a good team so it would have been it would have benefited me for you to go in simple as that it's like it doesn't have to be this this like big convoluted monologue on why you decided to do what you did it's like it's a game and that's what's irritating me about what's going on as people start to watch the episodes and justify their actions you guys are so bad at this i want you all to know how bad you are at this like anyone with half a brain that was that was there that is not just watching the episode but got to see what what happened behind the scenes we all know so we're all just in this like weird confusing lie game about who's doing what it's like no we know who our friends are we know who they're not we know why for the most part people made the moves that they move or the the moves that they made and there is absolutely no sense in trying to convince a bunch of people who've played this game several times that you didn't do it for the reason you did it. It's just, yeah. it makes no sense. I, I hate it. I hate it. I get it. I hate it too. But I mean, that's just, a, that, that's just the nature of the business. I think people are trying to, un- I, listen, here's the other problem. I think now that happens on the challenge, it didn't used to necessarily be like this. It is more, I feel like people now are making moves, but they're thinking um, they're almost doing things and saying things now, not for the moment, but for the future. Right. So I feel like people are already trying to make amends or undo or, or, you know, make things disappear that happen because they're worried about, oh my God, how is this going to affect my future game? And I mean, that's the problem is sometimes this does have a a way of doing that. It's like, uh, you know, the, the challenge is like a jar of jalapenos. What you do today is going to burn your ass next season. (laughs) 
it's it's accurate and i'm hoping that that people don't forget how things went and i'm hoping that they that they don't let what makes air dictate what actually in in their mind what actually happened right because that's another thing we all know that things are it's only hour and a half right so it's like a lot of things don't make the episode but they still happened and letting people walk those things back is is i hope people don't forget Devin, that's actually a very incriminating statement you made basically about yourself just now so let's hope people do forget i think that's what you were trying to say no i don't care fucking come after me you give a shit Devin, you are now, listen, bro, you're going to feel very soon, okay? Well, about, I don't know how many more episodes we have left to go in this season. You're going to feel very soon what it's like to walk a mile in the shoes of Johnny Bananas coming up very soon because, I disagree. I disagree completely. Uh, I'm pretty sure if my memory serves me correctly, no spoilers, but I think me and Tori go into the next elimination and lose. I think that's what happens. Is that what happens? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure yeah. that's what happens. I think you're right. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, this is where this is where Devin's game. Yeah, it was. I don't know. It who all comes rule. back to bite me. I say it I at the end. Who. Amber and Chauncey win, and they put me in, and then I lose, and I have to apologize. I don't to know Amber. who I'm going to room with once you go oh, home. That it's was gonna... a, yeah, that was a delusion. That was a delusion that Amber had. I can't believe she thought she was going to win this war. I'm like, <laughs> I'm just getting started now. It's like the volcano. Like wrong one. Wrong one. This is the smoke coming out before all the magma. The piping hot. Are you about to spew piping hot magma? Is that what you're trying to say? Piping hot magma. I mean, I'm going to see how people continue to behave as as the season moves forward. But there's a lot that was going on that I that that's irritating to me, and I want to see how it all shakes out. Because also, just one other thing that's annoying, and I know I, I'm I I love Nani, but there there were reasons why I felt like saying go ahead and put them in to nelson with you guys and it's mm-hmm. because even though we were in the same room or whatever i was also getting the feeling that people were like oh i wonder what they're up to i wonder why they haven't been in i wonder this i wonder that anisa does it nani does it and i'm like okay if y'all are questioning me we've all been in a relationship where it's like i think you're cheating i think you're cheating i think you're cheating i'm not i'm not i'm not okay fine fuck it if you think i am i guess i will you were kind of cheating was I chicken or the egg? Chicken or the egg? You were. You were. You were. You were sharing beds. You were. You were. You would mm. have a conversation with me, and then two seconds later, you'd be having the exact same conversation with my mortal enemies. But like you said, Devin, like you said, I get it, dude. Listen, we just cut from different cloth. With me, a friend of my friend is my friend, but an enemy of my friend is my enemy. You're like an enemy of my friend could be my enemy or my friend. It just depends on how I feel. And hey, you know what? I respect that because I just don't have the ability to do that. Like, I just, I can't. Like, I tried in the past, Mm. and if I don't like someone, I legitimately cannot fuck with people, dude. So, props to you for being, I mean, it's it's a very impressive skill set, dude. You'd make a great politician. Diplomat. Diplomat. You gotta make a great diplomat. But also, like, I I am a diplomat, but for the people that I think are going to be good at the game. Yeah. I didn't one time try to work with Kim and Colleen because they stink. Not out there getting in line to work with Amber and Chauncey because they stink. No offense to Laurel and Jack, but they weren't going to win any dailies. It was like I lined myself with the teams that I thought were the best. And I don't yeah. understand where that is like a bad strategy. Seems it's like not a good one to me, right? It's not, yeah. it's, it's not a bad strategy at all. It's, I mean, and again, you, you align yourself with teams who are going to win. You don't win. And that's a fucking, and you know what? Here's the thing though. 
that's what you, you tailored whatever strategy you had to the game, to this game. Whereas, and as much as I compare you and Wes, you know what Wes would have done? Wes would have came in and played the exact same game he plays every season where I'm going to band together all of the misfits, all of the people who aren't winning, all the losers, just so I feel like I have all these numbers. And he would end up fucking himself because they would have never won and he would have, you know, over-promised and under-delivered as usual. It's true. You know what else they didn't show? And here's the other, this is, I feel like the amount of stuff that you and I concocted in, 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 in our room, Operation Thought Plot. One of the best, one of the best things ever. It was a flaw. It was, it was almost flawless. We almost. were right on the edge. We were right on the edge of gold. For, we for right those of you, I mean, they haven't showed it. They're probably not going to show it. A thought plot was, I up to this point thought that, or there was a, I had a suspicion that Mariah was using me strictly for game. All right. Now, supposedly, and this was according to an, an anonymous source, I walk into my room one day and Devin and Tori are sitting there and Tori goes, so I have it on good authority that Mariah is using you and is playing you. I'm like, who said this? She goes, I can't tell you. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, can you do a little more digging? Cause this is very concerning. Cause I can't be played. I can't be played on TV. Like you can't, you can't beat me at my own game and embarrass me in front of my friends. So I was like, Devin, <laughs> Operation Thought Plot, all right? And T-H-O-T. Here's what we're going to do. Okay, since Olivia supposedly is the one that said Mariah is, is playing Johnny. She's using him for game. I want you on camera to confirm with Olivia that this is happening. Okay, I'm going to do something really cheesy with Mariah in the room. And then I want you then to be like, oh my God, can you believe how corny they are? She doesn't even like him. And then I just need Olivia to double down on that and agree. Remember, we had this whole, dude. We it was a two-sided piece of paper. It was a lot. We played out every possible angle. But the one thing that we didn't see coming was that when I went to talk to Olivia, she said, well, she actually does like him. No. And I was like, no, foiled. Are you sure, though, that she didn't know what, what we were up to? Because you want to know I what think I think. So. And this might just be. I am pretty sneaky. This, I was going to say, this might just be the cynical, my cynical side coming out. I think that because Fessy and Mariah were one of the teams that you and Tori didn't have in your corner, right? That weren't on your side that were working against you. And you saw that I was very close with them. I mean, so close. We were like clenched together. That, that... We were, I mean, that, that close. So you were like, how do I drive a wedge in between the two of them? Well, let me start this rumor that Mariah is just using for bananas for gameplay. Let me have Tori in on this because that's what it was. Tori originally told me like, I have it on good authority. Well, the good authority ended up being you. Yeah, it did. Didn't it? Well, that's I called circular we'll, reporting in, in, in the news. I, they call I it circular. We'll never know. <laughs> Somebody creates a story reports it will, and then other and then they report on their own story that's kind of like what you and tori did i will say this i wasn't just making my own sudokus in my little books <laughs> okay i wasn't i wasn't just sitting there doing math problems i didn't think uh, so i i'm i'm not going to confirm or deny my position in the thought plot but you know i guess it's plausible 
that I could have been doing some <laughs> circular reporting. I mean, again, I, I've said this a few times on this season, and I and I wholeheartedly believe it now that I've had the experience up to this point in this season. Every other season I've ever done, there's not a single time anyone can point to one thing that where I've said one thing and done another. And guess what? It's gotten me third fucking place. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to win. Got it. Period. Hey, I'm trying to win and I'm trying to win at all costs. And I don't know, you know, how it's going to, how it's going to pan out or work out or whatever. But I came into this season telling myself, Devin, don't play the same stale game of, you know, this honorable, like never tell a lie, never do a sneaky thing. I did that for so many seasons and it didn't work. And I'm not going out there just lying straight to people's faces, but I am, I'm done this season looking out for other people. As, as Darrell said, I want to help people that are going to help me win. And that's, if ever you have a question about what I'm doing in this game, I'm trying to win period. Listen, there is, I've said in the past, I'll say it again. There is no honor amongst thieves and you know where nobility gets you in the challenge. Absolutely. Gets you third place. Yep. Gets you the bronze and I don't look good in bronze real quick. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll just wrap it up obviously with the limb. Um, I mean, I'm pulling the safe dagger had to do it. Cause if not, we yeah. were, one, we were probably hundred percent going in. I was actually glad to see Veronica and Darrell leave. I knew that, you know, obviously they were playing both sides. They had a chance, yeah. I guess, to to do the right thing. They didn't. So them going in, do you have any critique at all of any of the four competitors' technique that they used to <laughs> ascend and descend in the spider web tube? I think that was Nelly's a physical representation of Nelly's gameplay right there. They were like, oh, perfect. We'll just make a literal spider web and then have Nelson put two people into his web to see if they can uh, compete. I will give Amber credit. She's a beast in elimination. And I mean, her, her technique was phenomenal. I will say probably... You want to know what? Pass. Pass. Um, <laughs> You're a smart critique. man. You're I'll a smart man. I'll critique, I'll critique their puzzle solving abilities uh-huh. because we were there for hours. Yep. I mean, we were there for hours. Yep. And it was like just, you know, two people just smacking their head against the wall trying to break through. It was like, you might want to shift your strategy a little bit in a puzzle like that. I don't know really what they were going for, but that couldn't have been it. And it just seems to me like if Darrell and Veronica, were going to have a really tough path, right? Because mm-hmm. if you're not so good at the, the heavy physical challenges, that's fine. You have to be really good then at the mental ones. Mm-hmm. And we saw them start at the top of a, of a puzzle and not get a single piece Right. And then we saw them lose in a puzzle to Amber and Chauncey that took four and a half hours. So it was like, it just probably wasn't in the cards for them. Yep. And at that point, it's, I think, better that they, they headed out. I will say also, I think that's why the All Stars franchise exists as well, because I think that there are certain things that, that, that All Stars offers that, you know, are just more, that, that, that just complement certain people's, skill sets better. So well, just that, that's a very 
nice and uh, diplomatic way to put that. Uh, and I, I would, try- I would agree. Just trying to be more like you, Devin. All right. Yeah, Who knows? that's right, man. That's maybe, right. yo, maybe I could come, maybe I'll be the one that comes in next season and is working all different sides of the house. And maybe I'll be the one that after every, uh, after every challenge can sit there and play pool by myself without a care in the world. <laughs> yeah, right. There <laughs> a snowball's hey, chance just- in hell, buddy. Just remember, just remember that there's a lot of other people that are doing the same thing. And then I am just, uh, I'm just Mr. Walker scapegoat this episode, right? This episode, it's all me. I'm the mastermind. Oh my God. Look at me. I'm so smart. I'm a moron. Okay. (laughs) If you get manipulated, manipulated by me, especially with my reputation, you are even bigger moron. Okay. So it's like, I, I, Take me to court for making good deals. You want to do a three show deal going into next season? Or what? <laughs> Should we? Yeah, let's I'm do just, it. I mean, let's I'm like, just saying. Why not? You know? Why not? Maybe. Dude? Maybe. Why not? We'll see how this one goes first. I'm excited. I think uh, yep. that we're finally going to start to get what we wanted, which was uh, a lot of the, the rookies and kind of people without much of a chance of winning dailies have have moved on and it's anybody's game at this point. So I'm very interested to learn more about my castmates as these, as these episodes start to unfold and hopefully that we get a little bit more Walker banana lounge material. Uh, Let's hope dude. I mean, I would say that I would like to learn more about my roommate, but I don't think I want to know any more about him. Now I'm just, you still have my loofah. I still have your loofah. I (laughs) don't have your toothbrush anymore because, uh, you never had one. It's actually a joke. I've never seen anyone brush. I make fun of Devin's uh, hygiene, but I've never, literally never listened to anyone brush their teeth as long and as thoroughly. There was a few times I literally thought you were waterboarding yourself. That's what it sounded like when you were in there rinsing your mouth out. Yeah, you got to really get in there, especially after you've been publicly uh, insulted on on uh, every social media forum for seven years about your hygiene. It'll generally tend to have an effect. When you chew rocks for 26 years, dude, I mean, you, you, you got to yeah. do something to undo the damage. That's All right. Well, listen, told me. for uh, the listeners out there who want to uh, find you. Yes, yeah, so you can. You can follow me on uh, on Twitter at uh, MTV underscore Devin. Uh, that's Instagram. I don't know. Just Google search Devin Walker. You'll find all my shit. And so, you know, it's fun. And you know, what's funny is Devin and I actually follow each other again now. That's how yeah. you know. But you know why did you know the T pages love to always like pick up like oh this so and so unfollowed who are they? Fo-? Why wasn't there any fanfare when you and I started following each other again? In fact, I mm. couldn't find I couldn't find Evan. All right, I was like, all right, you know what? I'll fucking whatever. I'll put put my differences aside. Follow this guy. I went to look at what Instagram. You didn't exist. I'm like, did this guy delete his account? No, it's because you had me blocked. Correct. And I actually big, did a big finger pointing and I was like, you did it. You did it. You did it. It was me. That's some whole ass yeah. shit. Classic, classic me. You, you, you. Actually, See? it was me. Yeah. <laughs> when you point the finger at someone, you got four pointed back at you, Devin. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, we'll see what, what happens, but I'm looking forward to it, man. And it's been I a good episode. Too. I appreciate you having me on. It's a great, great, great episode. It's going to be, this is even a greater episode of the challenge, man. It was everything I hoped for and more. And yeah, listen, you're welcome back anytime. You don't, if, at least for now, we'll see how, we'll see how this goes. But for now, you no longer have to invite yourself. I would be happy to invite you on. I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs>
All right. All right, man. Thanks for stopping by the Death Taxes and Bananas podcast where the tea flows like wine and my guests instinctively flock like the salmon of Capistrano. I'm Oprah and I love you. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.